is time now, though, for History Matters. We are joined in the studio by Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, with a look back at this week in history. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Aaron. You know, this is a good week, and if you felt like just shaking a little bit, well, that's okay because it's cold, and um, it's also because... Uh, this is the week when we, now this is a horrible lead in, but the week. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, just everyone sit down for this one. (laughs) This is the week when Elvis Presley has a birthday, um, and 1935, and uh, he grows up in Tennessee. He's shy. Uh, he is. That wasn't a bad segue. Well, it wasn't. You know, shake, rattle, and roll. Right, right. Okay. A whole lot Thank of shaking going on. Yeah, <laughs> none of these actually Elvis songs, but we get it. No, yeah, okay. yeah. So I was, I was, ex- I was expecting Nazis. I was expecting <laughs> no. this to be like this is the week when Germany invaded. Hey, well, something they will come there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Get there. Good. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. yeah. Elvis. Uh, good stuff. Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nazis are the perennial bad guys. Of course. Yeah, Elvis is but a good Elvis guy. Elvis is okay. Well, yeah. so he grows up. He grows up in really poor circumstances. Uh, he's in housing projects. He's growing up, and uh, he's in. Uh, he's his family finally moves to Memphis. He's still shy. He's just been. Uh, he wanted to ride a bike. And he was given a guitar. He starts to learn how to play it. Uh, he starts to sing a little bit. Um, and in 1953. When WCHL, of course, goes on the air mm-hmm. later this month, uh, we'll have that uh, birthday uh, remembrance or anniversary. A couple anniversary. of weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, he's a senior in high school, <laughs> so he's still going to high school when WCHL goes on the air. That's to put things in perspective. Hey, we went on the air, and almost immediately after that, uh, Elvis becomes a big thing, and rock and roll takes right. off. You're welcome, America. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and sets the standard for the music that is played here yes, ever yes. since. Uh, that was the cutting Although, although fun fact, WCHL would <laughs> never have played that music back in the 50s and 60s. They were apparently like talking to Jim Hebner about yeah. this. Like there were fights for years <laughs> over like they played some like classical like string orchestra cover oh, of an Elvis goodness. song, and it was a huge internal controversy. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. Well, he's he when he graduates, you think, well, he's going on to fame. No, he's 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 not getting a huge success. It's only when he goes to Sun Records and he was recording and it's still kind of, uh, well, maybe it's not really catching on. And he comes back again and finally it's in 1954 in that summer when he records it. They're just, they've been recording all day, the standard kind of things. And then they just kind of get loose and start fooling around. And that's what leads to the sound, yep, yep. <laughs> which is great. But it's just nice to put, you know, historical context of, WCHL has been here since Elvis. You know, that's kind of yeah. cool. Since before Elvis. Yes, before yeah. Elvis before became Elvis. Elvis. Yeah, yeah love like, it. And um, another one that, you know, the kind of the fooling around and something comes out of it uh, is uh, September 12th uh, in 19, uh, I want to say 1938, um, there were uh, some uh, students at Davidson College in the physics department I'm, I'm sorry, this was, uh, uh, no, it was 1896. What did I say? 19, it is 1896. You also said September 12th. I was just going to let <laughs> no, that go. Sorry, January, January 12th. 12th 18, I'm just okay. so floored at this that uh, they had heard something about um, uh, some of the equipment they had could make these uh, pictures of things uh, through solid matter. 
well, we know them today as x-rays, mm-hmm. but these students get into the lab and start fooling around taking pictures of, of buttons and uh, cadavers, <laughs> just <laughs> awful stuff. And uh, that they're some of the first people in the United States to actually take the first x-rays. Uh, that, of course, we use routinely with nice. many things. But that came again because they're just fooling around. So you never know when you're fooling around if you find something that might uh, make a difference. Now, this wasn't exactly in the fooling around category, so we're going to shift gears just a little bit. Uh, but we did uh, mention about... Uh, uh, Nazis. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we were going to get there sooner or later. <laughs> and this one is a woman named Sabine uh, Slotten. Uh, she's born on thir- uh, January 13th, 1907. Uh, she uh, lives to 1996. She's actually uh, uh, Polish-born. She's Jewish. She's uh, French. And she and her husband become naturalized French citizens. And then World War II comes along, and she decides to do something with her husband. Let's save uh, children. And Mm. they do um, until she's away one time, and then the the Nazis show up, and they uh, take their children. Many of them perish, and her husband does as well. But she becomes a witness, and she becomes a witness to one of the most notorious people of World War II, Klaus Barbie, mm. and leads to his conviction um, on multiple crimes against humanity in those years after World War II. So uh, her efforts were right, and, and if nothing else, sometimes that's what we can be called, to be a witness to when things go wrong. We can say, we see it, we know it, we want to testify against it. Now, here's another thing of history that I think is kind of uh, uh, neat, and it's uh, something we don't actually celebrate. Maybe we should. Um, And it's January 14th, 1784. So rolling the clock way back to uh, the, you know, the end of the Revolutionary War, they live happily ever after. Well, you know, 1781, we have uh, the surrender at Yorktown, uh, Cornwallis, and that's it. No, no, it has to go back and forth across the Atlantic. There's still British troops here uh, until that treaty is signed. And, um, and it's finally a, a form is submitted in April. Um, the Congress says, well, here's what we'd like in September 3rd, 1783. They agree to terms. Okay, this sounds good, but you have six months to sign it. Mm. So it goes back out to the United States. It has to cross. It takes about six weeks, sometimes two months to get across the Atlantic. And uh, it gets over here. And the Continental Congress is not meeting in New York or there's no Washington, D.C. They're meeting in Annapolis, Maryland. Mm. And so they they come together on January 12th, but they don't even have a quorum. So now they're really stuck. Finally, on January 13th, Connecticut shows up. There's still one state short. And that's when a, uh, a fellow from South Carolina uh, shows up, and uh, he's a, a delegate, um, uh, Richard Barrettsford, and he was actually sick. He was in Philadelphia, and he comes and he arrives on uh, January 14th, and they ratify uh, the terms, and then it's sent back. But everything hangs in the balance because yeah. of one person. Isn't it is. Amazing? It is fascinating. Like the like you think about like those negotiations that end yeah. that end wars. Like well, you can do this over the phone now, right. or you know, over voice chat, and just communicate <laughs> yes. with people across or email, or you or know, email. Google you Docs or something like that. Instantaneously, yes. and way back in the the seventeen eighteen hundreds, oh. like it would take weeks to go back yes. and forth. My favorite. We've talked about this uh, a few years after seventeen eighty four, yeah. the Constitutional Convention. 
Hamilton yes. in Philadelphia, which is not that far away. Like Brad and I are going to Philadelphia this weekend. You hop for a, for a wedding. You hop on a plane. You get up there, yeah. and it takes an hour. Well, back in 1787, no planes, no paved roads, no. none of that. Horse and carriage. Uh, the Constitutional Convention in May is delayed by two weeks, and one of the reasons is it took the delegates. The delegation from New Hampshire took their sweet time leaving, but when they did, it still took them like oh yeah days. I think two oh, yeah. weeks to get down to Philadelphia from New Hampshire, oh, which yeah. is an afternoon drive today, practically. That's right. Uh, but just like the size of the world in 1787 yeah. was so much bigger today than we could even imagine. Well, when you think of letter writing, you know, yes. yeah. John Adams, Abigail Adams, you mm-hmm. know, this wonderful correspondence, but it's over weeks and then sometimes yeah. months. Uh, when he's in Europe, I mean, it's just astonishing to think what was going on and how long it really took in terms of sheer time. Well, one of the other things that's that's on the this week in history this week is the Battle of New Orleans, which is yes. 1850 in right. uh, January 8th, yes. which famously, that's, that's the end of the War of 1812, famously <laughs> yes. fought two weeks after the peace treaty that's was signed right. because the news hadn't gotten down to New right. Orleans in, right. in two weeks. And yeah. that's when Andrew Johnson and John Lafitte, the, the kind of the pirate importer there, yep. gets together and they do this tremendous victory, but it's kind of after the fact, like, We've already settled this, yeah. though the British didn't know that as well. Right. So, you know, everything could have hung in the balance on that one as well. Speaking with uh, Scott Washington, History Matters, uh, one more. What are we going to wrap okay. up with? Uh, well, here's a name uh, we probably don't hear a lot about, uh, Violette Corderai. Uh, she's born in 1906, uh, lives to 1983. She is one of the premier racing drivers in the early part of the 20th century, in the 1920s. She's born in Great Britain, and she just finds that she loves to drive. And she gets really good at it. In fact, she travels around the world in the late 1920s by car with a witness, uh, someone to document it. And, I mean, obviously, she, you know, they have to ship the car across. But the fact is she was demonstrating, and she wanted to break barriers, too, to say women are capable of anything. And so if anybody feels like I'm too old, too young, too this or that, just remember the people who, are, who inspire us today uh, are these uh, really unusual people of history who uh, just decided to do something, whether it's Elvis Presley or Violette Corduroy or uh, even the Continental Congress. <laughs> or those kids at Davidson that were yes, just playing around the with x rays. That's and, right. Yep. Thank you. There you go. And that's how history matters. Scott Washington, thank you so much. Thank you.